Oh, man, it's so good to be with you. I think about what's been going on just the last month or so. Isn't it awesome to just see and feel what God has been doing, right? We've had our shepherds lead us through kind of a restatement, a clarification, the vision. They're not making, they said this, they're not making up something new. This is Jesus's vision, but they articulated it prayerfully for who we are and what we are uh, right now in this season of our life. And then Last week, Mike in the, in the missions committee gets up and shares with us the work of God around the world in foreign missions. And then we even see just in the lobby to, to get today the, the work of God going on in local missions. God is at work in this place. And we celebrate the movement of the power of God. Um, a couple weeks ago, Tony called and, and said, what do you think about uh, taking the, the eighth and just kind of reflecting off from a minister's perspective what the shepherds have laid out as our mission? I'm like, absolutely, this would be great. And here's the way I think. Let's think in terms of a text, man. I, we're, we're here and we're coming to God in the Scripture. I want to come with a text, but I believe the text we're going to look at is going to give you a, a place where Jesus offers that mission to some people, right? I mean, again, the, the shepherds aren't making something up. This is our articulation of what Jesus has been inviting people all along. And so we're going to look at a text where Jesus offers this mission to people. Some take it, and some don't. So I want to just read that text with you today. If you have your Bibles or your devices that you read them on, we're in uh, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, starting verse 17. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Mark 10, 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he answered, all these I've done since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. And Peter spoke up, we've left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes and brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. It's the gospel of our Lord. Let's pray. Father God, as your scripture leads us, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What do you want? You sit out there today. What, what is it that you really 
want. When we gather in a setting like this, it's a great opportunity in worship to bring everything we've got before God. What do you want? A friend of mine put me on to a, a story he was told by a man named Rich. He's a, uh, he's a professional life and leadership coach, one of the more successful and effective and powerful ones really in the world. And he had the opportunity to sit down with a, a young 20-something entrepreneur, young woman in her early 20s who already is a millionaire. So picture this, she's already a millionaire, she's already incredibly successful, and she's smart enough to know that anybody successful wants to keep being successful, you have someone guide you, and she's looking for a professional and life coach. And she has this conversation with Rich, and they're just kind of seeing if that, that would be a fit, that relationship would be a fit, and he starts the way he always does, he said, well, what do you want? We'll see if I can kind of coach you to that, and I can help you with that, what do you want? And she said, this is my goal, my goal is to make six figures a month. A millionaire already, but that's not, I want six figures a month. I want to make at least 100000 a month. Are you ready for this? Like, what would you do if you're a professional coach and this is what somebody wants and you can imagine what you can charge for somebody like that? You know what he said? I'm sorry, I don't coach a dream like that. She's shocked. She's like, hold on, everybody wants me to coach them. He said, I'm sure they do, but I don't coach a dream like that. He said, here's what I know. I know enough about you already. You're going to get that. I'm not worried about it. You'll do that. You're driven. You'll be fine with that. Here's what I really want to know. And he asked the deeper question. Why? What is behind? Like, what do you want? Let's say you get your 100000 a month. Now what do you want? And he went a little deeper, and he kept listening and listening. And an hour later, she breaks out in tears and says, okay, here's the thing. When I was a little girl, I battled chronic disease and sickness most of my life, overcame that. And she said, if you want to know what I really want, what I really want is to help young women live their fullest lives possible, to be healthy and balanced in the way they live. And he said, that's a dream I can coach. Allow yourself in this moment to, to bring your question, not to some consultant, but to the spiritual director, coach, and discipler of the ages, Jesus, and say, what do you want? What do you want for your family? What do you want for your life? What do you want for your business, your mission, your purpose? What do you want for our church family? What do you want for the community and the world? What do you want? Now, here's the warning that I find in this passage. What we say we want often will not deliver what we really want. Do you understand this? What we say we want and what we think we want will not give us what we most deeply desire. What does the rich young ruler say when he comes to Jesus? What do you want? He says, I, my take on, I want the list. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Good topic of conversation. I want a life that's not going to end, but a bad way to begin it. Not a great, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with this, but he says, you know, it's the beginning of the earlier conversation. What do you want? Give me the religious list. Man, I think this is so important. This story is so central for the Bible belts of our country. Because, man, we're, you're, gonna, you're the folks, you're going to come to church. Man, we got COVID popping up again. You're coming to church. What do you want? Often what we want in an environment like this is a little bit of Jesus to add to our otherwise complete life. Give me a little bit of religion. Give me a little list. Give me a spiritual activity that I need to do, and, and then I'll go on and be complete. It's almost like a couple of ways to think about this. Imagine you go out for a night on the town. Man, you got your whole thing going on. Man, you got your outfit else all ready to go, but you need one more. I don't even know what I'm talking about here, but you want one more accessory to make it pop, right? Got to go with the right belt or something. 
Imagine sitting down at a table. You got everything you can imagine on that table, potluck table, right? But you, maybe you, the meal is otherwise pretty good. It's your great. Maybe you want a drink. Maybe you want a condiment. Maybe you want an appetizer. Sometimes we treat Jesus like the belt to our otherwise already accessorized life. Man, the table's full. We're pretty good with it. Man, let's put the little uh, Jesus drink on the table, an appetizer here, get a little taste of religion. You know what Jesus says, the rich young ruler, when he says, give me the list? Jesus says, sorry, I don't coach a dream like that. I'm not going to take you to that place. Because he knows already that what the rich young ruler is asking for is not what he most really wants. And Jesus says this line. It's my favorite line in the text. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Don't beat up the guy. We beat this guy up. We make him an evil guy. He's not an evil guy. He's a guy just like you and me sitting in church on Sunday morning and wants a little bit of Jesus. And he says, cool, I'll start there. But I don't coach a dream like that. And by the way, that's not what you really want. He looked at him and loved him, and I want to say he loved him enough to expose what is lacking in his heart. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him, and the next line he said, one thing you lack. If any of us walked up the rich young ruler on any given day, we wouldn't think he lacked anything. He came to Jesus because with everything he had, something was missing deep inside. And Jesus is willing to go to that place where the tears start falling, and you get to the moment where you say, oh, but here's what I really he says, one thing you lack. He, 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 he unpacks a little bit. The guy comes and says, I want a list. Well, Jesus gives him a list, a pretty good one in the Old Testament. He shares some of the commandments. By the way, we missed the story. Not there yet. We missed the story. We missed the story if you do what I used to do with this passage a long time. What I used to do is I made this guy a liar. He says, um, give me a list. Jesus gives him a list. Uh, he mentions a couple things. What does it say here? You know the commandments. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't fraud. Honor your father and mother. And he says, I've done all these since I was a boy. And I have preached sermons in the past where I've saying he's lying. And Jesus will show him. Nobody really follows the law. I think he does those. I don't think he's murdered anybody. I don't think he's defrauded anybody. I think he's honored his mom, his dad. This guy is the poster child for who you want in church. Elders, you want this dude. Uh, folks on the administrative committee, you want this dude. Why? Because he's rich and he's a rule follower. It means he's going to tithe. <laughs> right? I mean, you want this guy. Now, hear me. He's a good man. Jesus doesn't attack him for being evil and a liar. He exposes that as good as he is, at the heart of his being, he is lacking. And Jesus is going to go there. He left one off, by the way. He left several off. But there's a pretty important one Jesus didn't include on the list. What did he miss? Shepherds, what's the first thing on our mission? Don't put that up either. What, what did he, what's the first thing? Love God. Put God first. He doesn't mention that one because where Jesus is going to take him is the thing that is lacking. Now you can put up that list. Here's a picture of it. I want you to imagine what you would write down. And this is kind of, a, I just threw this up here, a, t a typical list that people would say, what do they want? I want money. I want a good job. I want success. I want to be able to travel, right? I want some power or influence in life. I want romance. Whatever it is, you put on the list. Now, if we stopped, and most people stopped there. In fact, some people would have taken that young lady and just gone with her because she, she did the left side of the list. This is where she is. Now, Jesus is a brilliant life coach and spiritual director, and he's going to say, put up the next one, I think you need to add a column. I think you need to ask another question. Whatever you think you want, now ask the further question, why do you want that 
on the left side. What is it, if you got that, that you'd still be walking around with an emptiness inside? I'll just give one example. We could go through all of these. But I remember years ago having this light bulb moment. I would, like a lot of you, I'd like to have money. I always want, here's what I want with money, just a little bit more than I have. That's always what I want with money. It's always just a little bit more, right? But take, again, do this, practice this at home. Think about this, jot it down, and then ask this question. Hold on, is it really money that I want? I'll be honest with you, it's not money that I want. It's what I think money will give me. I'll tell you what it is for me. What I want, as a little boy, lost your father as a kid, and watched mom struggling with, like, how are we going to take care of a family? What I want is security. And I think money will give me security. By the grace of God, he, I don't think he inflicted what's going on in the world. I think he sure has allowed what's going on in the world to call out the lie of the left side of the list. Does money give you security? See, this is, the good, this is the graciousness of Jesus. He's not beating this young man up. He's not calling him an evil liar. He's just saying, you think you want a list, and you, you can fill out and do everything on the left side, and there's going to be these huge gaps of what you really, really want. Jesus says, be careful, because what you think you want will not give you what you most deeply desire. And then because he loved him, he went another step. Here's what I think Jesus did. This is so powerful. Jesus says, sometimes God is going to lead you to get where you want to go. God's going to lead you to take a step in what looks like it's the wrong direction. Right? God's going to invite you to go into where God wants you to be. By the way, here's the super secret. In your deepest heart, you want to be there too. But it's going to look like God's taking you in the exact opposite direction of where you wanted to go. Richard M. Ruler says, I want to have this abundant, incredible life that doesn't end. Great, Jesus says. Give everything away. What? <laughs> Give it all away. Jesus loved him enough not just to expose the lack in his heart, what is missing in his heart. Again, maybe you don't even have to go past here. What? The first question, Holy Spirit, what's missing deep inside? Get to the deep question. When you get there, listen, God will prompt you and invite you to take some step and movement to where God wants you to go. But trust me, here's the mark of God's steps. It looks crazy. It looks like it's going opposite exactly of where you want to go. I got one, one of my dear friends in life. I've, I've, I've been in a discipleship relationship, spiritual friendship uh, over the last several years. We'll call him Jerry. That's not his name. Uh, but when Jerry and I met, if I ask what's on the left side of your list, Jerry, boy, it was, it was, it was his total list. I, man, I just want to get married. By the way, nothing negative. He's a good, godly man. I want to find a, a, a wonderful Christian woman. I want to get married. But he would admit to you, he's obsessed with it. Like, that's his life vision, is I want to get married. And I talked to him just a few weeks ago, and here's, here's the great grace of the work of God in his life. It, would, it just didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. And what Jerry has realized is God was inviting him not to go find a woman, but to find Jerry. To find the Jerry that God created him to be. And he said, before you go there, can you, can, can you go to this place I want to take you? It looks like you're going backwards. You don't have any dating prospect. There's no women around you. There's nothing seem to be. Can you go this direction? Why? Because over here, you're going to find the man I created you to be. It's going to be a gift to that woman when you find her. And it's going to be a gift to the world. Sometimes God will invite you to go what seems like the total opposite direction of where you think you want to be. Um, I call it, especially in this moment, because I think it fits with where we are as a church, 
I call this the, the law of a spiritual and emotional gravitation. Now, follow me on this. <laughs> there is a spiritual law of gravity, too. There's an emotional, relational law of gravity, too. Here's the way to think about it. Like attracts like. Healthy gravitates around healthy, and the opposite is true. Unhealthy gravitates around unhealthy. You watch this. If you want, if you want to understand life relationships... Healthy people orient themselves around healthy people, and other healthy people are drawn to them. And unhealthy people, it's not conscious. Nobody's trying to do this. They're not thinking about this. It's unconscious. But unhealthy people will find themselves again and again orbiting around unhealthy people, and other unhealthy people will be drawn to them. So this is the thing. When Jerry was getting this, and Jesus, I believe, is doing this for the rich young ruler. If you can get the orbit right, if you can get life going in a healthy direction, watch what God brings into your orbit and you and him. And he's saying, let's push everything off the list. Love God. Get God right. Orbit your life around me. Follow me. And watch whatever else comes in your way. Here's the thing. If you want healthy relationships in your life, if you want healthy business relationships, if you want healthy family relationships, by the way, think about this as a church. If we want to draw healthy people here, including people to lead, the best thing you can do, not be looking for anybody. And we're looking, I'm not talking about that. Be healthy yourself and watch who God brings in your orbit. Law of spiritual gravity here. I believe that's what's going on here as a church. And this is what I love about what our shepherds are doing. They're saying, hey, let's not forget the sun around which we orbit. What is the mission statement here? It is the sun around which we orbit. You could say it in different ways, but I love the way you say it. Put the, put the mission statement up for you, please. Love God. Serve others. Share Jesus. This is the mission of Jesus. This is the orbit. This is the sun. Can we go in this direction? This is exactly what Jesus is trying to do with the rich young ruler. Well, what are the shepherds saying when they give us this language? They're saying the same thing Jesus said to this guy. Follow Jesus. <laughs> love God. Be God-driven by everything you do. And Jesus works with the rich young ruler. Why? It's not that he's an evil guy. It's just religion is an accessory to him. Can't be an accessory. Jesus is not the appetizer for the meal. He's not the belt for your ensemble. He is the ensemble. <laughs> he's the meal. We got to get that. If we get that orbit, everything else comes into place. And, and we used to talk about this, didn't we, Nancy? You were like, is this the right order? Love God, serve others, share Jesus? Here's why I'm convinced shepherds nailed it right. If you, by the way, I think the first two are the greatest commandments. But if you love God, and remember who our God is. We don't have some distant, disconnected. Who is our God? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What has Father, Son, and Holy Spirit been doing for all of eternity before we came around? Living in dynamic, other-centered love. If you get in the orbit of God, what are you going to naturally do? You are going to serve other people because that is the God around whom we orbit. And then watch what happens. This is what's so beautiful. When you orbit your life around God, become others focused and sharing your life, what will happen is this thing the Bible calls koinonia, fellowship. We will share Jesus. It won't just be a communion symbolic moment. We are sharing the very life of Jesus who always or was orbiting around God, always loving and serving other people, and we will have koinonia here, listen to me, that will then spill out everywhere we go. Isn't that a beautiful mission statement, shepherds of God for us? Jesus says, can we get the orbit right? Can we gather around this? And the other great thing that Jesus does for this guy is he gives him one step. Feels like a crazy backward step, but he gives him one step to walk in. And that step may not be your step, 
It has been steps of people throughout the age. Sell everything. It's probably not yours. Maybe. He gives them one step. So I was thinking about this. This is a good week. So Antonio, we're talking about this. Like, can we, can we help people? And really, we've been trying to do it last week. We try to do it all the time. I want to encourage you to, here, here's a little tool to have the Holy Spirit work on and maybe give you a step. Here's a way to think about it. The shepherds have laid out a vision for us. All of it, it's not their vision, it's Jesus' vision. So all of us first should say, how does my life align with this mission vision? How's it align? Me. Then, if we're part of any ministry here, here's a great question to ask. How does our ministry align with the vision the shepherds have, have clarified for us here? And so what I want to do, put the next slide if you would. This is, this is me thinking about adult spiritual life. Here is trying to live out the mission, and you're going to see this unpacked in, 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 in some, some weeks ahead. Think about his four boxes, and, and, and watch. Jesus literally doing this with a rich young ruler. Um, this is, by the way, not original with me. I've adapted it for our setting, but we call it a discipleship pathway. Like, how do you follow Jesus? How do you do that? And here's four areas of your life I encourage you to let the Holy Spirit think about. In, out, up, and down, right? Um, we'll start with the upper left corner, because this is where we are. Know God. Like, know God, spiritually come and encounter with God. But it's not just here in a gathering, it's in your everyday life and spiritual disciplines and, and rhythm. By the way, it's a circle. You may enter the circle in different places. You may enter through missions and service. Let's, let's say we, we know God. Then next month, we're going to really lean into that top right box. We're going to say, please, if, this is great, and you're loving God under a tree with you and Jesus is awesome, and loving God in this big group is awesome, but connect in somehow with a smaller group of people through classes, through life groups, and we'll give you the opportunity to do that. And, and, and all the time you're hearing about, man, it's great to be part of a big class, a big a life group or whatever, but I think some of the real magic happens when you're able to have these kind of moments. So I'm looking at some of, some of my guys we do this with, don't we, right? And so ours is, is a DBS format, Discovery Bible Study. Others have different forms of D discipleship groups. The ladies have if tables, different ways. Find some group, single, single gender group, with a small enough group of people you can really say, this is who I am, and you go together, right? Chris and I, we've been doing this, what, six, five, six years, right? So I encourage you, that, that's a place. And you might say, I've got other things going on. Maybe, maybe this is the box God's inviting you to leave. Or, or again, last week, and what was going on with leaving the cocoon, we'll look at the bottom left corner. You, you might have all this incredible spiritual richness, and God says, I want you to connect out. Serve in, the, in foreign missions, serve in local missions, serve here in the ministry of the church. So here's, I just give you this picture. We'll talk about that again on September. We'll do a life group thing on the top right corner. I just want to throw it out as a tool for the Holy Spirit. Even right now, I'm praying. Which one of these boxes you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, maybe you need to focus on? And if you're like me, it may feel like it's walking backwards. Like, I love up and down. That's where I live, man. And the Holy Spirit says, Dean, you need to serve out. And so that's, a, that's, a, that's the thing. And I'm, I'm literally sitting with a guy that's mentoring me in, in evangelism um, because I need to get out a little bit more. I need to do that more. And so I'm surrendered. God, do some work there for me. That's what the Holy Spirit said to me. I don't know what it's going to say to you, but I encourage you to think about it. Right now, Holy Spirit, is there a place that you're tapping me on the shoulder and saying, step a little bit more into it? And here, here's, we'll talk about this in the future. It's just a picture tool. Here's one I want to end. You might say, oh, man, this is, this is a lot, man. To get, give everything up or do that thing's a little bit uncomfortable, take a step to get known or whatever it may be. Here's, here's the great promise of this text. Great promise. There is nothing that you will give up that you don't receive infinitely more in return. You put the next slide up. I don't remember how I wrote it, but that's what I'm saying. There's nothing that you don't give up for Jesus that you don't get infinitely much more. When you step into that direction where God's leading, you're going to get for it. You're going to be, David said it this way, my cup 
overflows. I'm not talking about a bunch of money. But I guarantee if the rich young ruler gave it away, he wouldn't have missed it. Because he was following Jesus. Can you imagine the riches of walking day by day in the presence of Jesus? Which, by the way, invites you to do. When you give up whatever the obstacle is on the left side of the list, he will give you infinitely more in return. I got a good buddy of mine who's living this out. We'll call him Chris. That's not his name. But he, uh, I remember talking to him a year ago, and God was, was poking at him in his spirit. He was rich young ruling him. Because <laughs> Chris is killing it in business, unbelievably successful, ton of money, early age. I mean, he is doing amazing. And over the course of the next several weeks, he's leaving his job to do something that pays far less money because the Holy Spirit of God said, that's not your purpose for being on the planet. He's stepping into his purpose. He's giving up a paycheck. And I'm already talking to him. He is on fire. He is overflowing in his life. And he doesn't know where his money's going to come from. That's what the rich young ruler walked away sad. I wonder, part of the sad is he had a lot of money. Part is the sad is somewhere in his spirit, the Holy Spirit was saying, oh my gosh, what did you just miss? And the disciples said, look, we left it all to follow you. And Jesus' promise is, you will receive to overflowing, don't forget these words, in this present age and life that doesn't end. God will, doesn't mean you're going to have a fat back and cow, but it means you're going to be overflowing with the life of God in your life. So last week, we're in, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done with my part, but um, I felt God, even in this room last week, I, I knew where I was going with all this. And there's a sweet lady named Jory Emerson in our church who is this cup. Some of you don't know her, some of you don't. You just hang out with her, you're going to get spilled on the Spirit of God. And, and if you knew some of the things she's had to go through that she'll tell you about, you're like, hey, how in the world has this happened? So I went up and asked her last week, I said, can you share her testimony? And she said, I'll be gone, but I'll, I'll write it down for you. And then she sent, she even popped in a video. So we're going to get a video right here. Can you play Joy, who's sharing what it looks like when no matter what happens in your life, I'm following Jesus with all I am. Hi, I'm Joy Emerson. And this is my testimony to the love of God the Father and Jesus the Son. Here's a song I love by Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. It is called, There Was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces, Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going. Even when I didn't even know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. There was Jesus. On May 31st, 2015, I lost one of the best men who ever lived, Daryl Emerson. Many of you here knew and loved him. In our 45-year marriage, he taught me more about God's love than any class or any sermon ever did. He lived it. Pure, unconditional love. No conditions. 
just love. That year, as I tried to find my way in the long Tennessee winter nights, I felt so abandoned and alone. We had three grown children and 11 grandchildren, but they went home to their own houses and I went home alone. I have to be honest, I railed at God. I railed at him over and over again. What was his plan? Daryl was working for him. We were working for him. We just wanted healing of his cancer. We had thousands praying. Many times we were on our knees, prostrate on the floor. God spoke to Dee's heart, however, and told him, you need to show everyone how to pass into your reward with honor and dignity and faith. And Daryl did him proud. As I endured those long nights, I finally came to the only prayer I could pray. Jesus. Many nights, I walked through the house, and the only thing I could do was cry out to Jesus. And he heard me and began to give me the miracle that he did not give Daryl. It started with what I call grace sightings. I didn't always recognize them, but as they came more frequently, it was so obvious that the Spirit was bringing me on a journey that I was sure was planned for my life from the beginning. I will give you an example of a grace sighting. I went to mail a package at Christmas that year. I was very sad. Christmas had to go on, but I went to mail a package to his sister in Toronto. The mail clerk said, can you meet me in the lobby? And I thought, yes. So I went out there and she hugged me and prayed the perfect prayer over me. I was amazed. I don't know how many of you have had the postal clerks pray over you, but I did. Another time, I was with some girls from this church, and we were at a restaurant. And again, my heart was broken. And for some reason, this male waiter who was taking care of us came over and said, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to hug you. And he did. And I was amazed. One Sunday, and this may be a little hard for some of you, but one Sunday, I had a vision sitting in church. I was praying along with those on my pew. And all of a sudden, in my mind, I could see Daryl. And he was waving his arms like crazy, just trying to get my attention. And he said, honey, honey, 
I want to come over there and give you a hug, but I can't get across the space. And of course, my heart was broken, but I saw him there. And then I said to him, are you okay? Are you okay? And at that very moment, Jesus stepped into the picture and put his arm around him and smiled at me and said, I've got him. <laughs> How wonderful is that? I've got him. Jesus, our biggest, our biggest fan, our biggest supporter, has him. The biggest miracle Jesus had for me was when he started bringing me. People asking me if I would reach out to their friend who had either been through a terrible divorce or lost their husband. And the first couple times I thought, oh, okay, I can do this. And I have to tell you, <laughs> That the 13th time it happened, I was well aware of what God had planned for me. Without this wonderful man, but still a plan for me, a miracle for me. We are from various congregations. We, are, we call ourselves the New Season Girls because we are in a new season. We do things together. We go to dinner. We go to movies. We pray for each other. We cry with each other. It has been a journey that we've been on together for the last five years. They are my support when I am all alone, along with Jesus and God. And I have a loving family. I don't want to make you think that I don't. But they are all busy. And they have their own lives with, with these 11 grandchildren. And I want them to live their lives. I do not want to be their cross. So now, six years later, so he has brought me so far on this journey. I have just continually been in amazement. I have learned that this is not the perfect place. We are on our way there. We dig our heels in so hard, and we want to stay here. And I understand we dug our heels in too. It's because you can't go as a family unit. Everyone you love can't go with you. You have to walk this path by yourself with Jesus holding your hand. So now my mantra is this. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. 
and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Jesus has been there every step of my journey since the day I was born, since the day Daryl passed, till I pass, and then he will wrap his arms around me and take me home. Get ready, friends. It's not going to be the worst thing that ever happens to you. It's going to be the miracle he saves for you along the journey. Love you all. I'm so glad to be back at Fourth. I have many more stories I could tell you. But just know this. The Spirit is at work. And you need to look for him. Love you. That's beautiful. This is a person, yes. Praise God. Orbit your life around Jesus, and no matter what happens, you will be that kind of person. Just hang out with joy, and the love of God will be spilling out in your lives. Father God, we love you, and we pray that the mission that the shepherds have laid out, that, we're, that Jesus laid out many years before, would be the central beacon, the polar star, the sun around which we orbit. And Father, bless the world with the life that you bring here. We lift you up, Jesus, because your promise, if you are lifted up, you will be the one that draws people into your orbit. In the name of Jesus, we pray.